warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hey! Hello! And today is another installment of our Listener's Encounter episodes. If you are new here, this is where we read your guys' stories, whether they're paranormal or true crime. If you have a story you would like to submit to us, you can send it to threespookedgirls at gmail.com. And if you would like to hang out with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the handle at threespookedgirls. We also have an amazing Facebook group that is Three Spooked Girls Official. We got all kinds of fun stuff in there. We got book club. During the holidays, we do gift exchanges. We get to see listeners' husbands sing the theme song. (laughs) (laughs) That has made my life. It was amazing. Oh my God. If you guys haven't, please just go straight. Ignore every responsibility you have at the moment and go look at it. It it made my life. Yeah, it was it was pretty fucking great. And if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month. And five and up, you start getting video content and all kinds of fun stuff over there. But that's really all we got. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it to Jess to let her dive on into her first story of the evening. Okay. My first story of the evening comes from Keely. I believe that's how we're pronouncing this. Keely has sent us multiple stories. So this is just one of the stories that has been submitted. So I grew up in a little town in central Utah. This is a very active area for paranormal. Me, my sister, and my little brother would see an old man in the corner or down the hall, but he would never really bother us. Kind of felt more like he was watching over us. We would tell our parents about the man, and they would just tell us that we needed to quit watching those ghost shows because they were getting to us. But we knew he was there. Well, one night, my little sister came into my bedroom and started telling me about this game that her and her friend played called The Quarter Game. I I hope this little girl isn't playing The Quarter Game. That's like advanced drinking game. (laughs) She told me that you ask a question, yes or no, and flip a coin, heads is yes and tails is no. I laughed at her and told her that was stupid. You've got a 50-50 chance to get heads or tails. She told me to sit down and watch. She asked the old man to come talk to us, and after a minute, the room got a little chilly, and my sister asked if the old man was with us and flipped the coin. 
I was shocked when the coin seemed to just stop in midair like someone had grabbed it and then set down on the floor, heads up. I know. <laughs> you guys, Tara's face was like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. After asking the old man a few more questions, we told him goodbye. We started talking about other crazy things we experienced. The park, just a block away from where we live, had an old pioneer cabin they had brought down, and they opened it during the summer to show people what it was like living in the pioneer times. We also had stuff like this where we grew up. I worked there in high school (laughs) because I'm that fun. I told my sister that I heard stories of people seeing a little girl around the park at night by the cabin, so we decided to ask her to come talk to us. All of a sudden, at the end of the bed went down like someone had sat down on it, and I got excited and asked if it was her, and the coin flipped. Heads. Then I asked if she would be okay if we took a picture of her. Once again, we got heads. So I took out my phone and snapped a picture in the direction of where she sat down. And sure enough, there sat a young girl with long dark hair and a blue dress smiling at me. I got so excited, I let out a squeal and ran down the hall to show my mom what I caught on camera. I handed her the phone and she looked at it and then asked what she was supposed to be looking at. I grabbed the phone from her and could only find the picture of my bed in the wall. She wasn't there. She wasn't in the picture anymore. I went back to my room and asked the girl if she was still there, but got nothing back. The little girl was like, you can't have my picture. (laughs) She's like, you can see for a minute. (laughs) Right. Like, I want you to see me, but I don't want you to, like, keep me. The ghost was Snapchatting without Snapchat. (laughs) It disappeared after viewing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My first story comes from Bianca. And the subject line was, Grandma's always there. Bianca writes, Hi, ladies. I hope you're both having an amazing day. My coworker told me about your podcast, and I've been working on listening to all the episodes. Absolutely love your podcast. Thank you. Okay. She says, I can't quite exactly remember what age I was when my grandma passed away, but I was between 10 and 12 years old. When she passed, it was a hit on our family for sure. I was at my neighbor's house right after she passed, just hanging out in the front yard, and there was a little white butterfly that landed on my shoulder, and I started crying because it reminded me of my grandma. From that day, I had always started seeing white butterflies flying around, and I think of her every time. I know these butterflies are common, but when I see one, it just feels different. There have been a couple of encounters where I feel like she was there watching over me to make sure I'm okay. There was a time my friends and I were driving around, and I was driving. My friend was playing the Watch the Watch Me Whip Nay Nay song and, and dared me to whip the car. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that like when you just like jerk the steering wheel? I guess. Oh, it's scary Questions. as fuck. <laughs> as being a teenager, they all started pressuring me and I did it, which obviously was not smart. I was going so fast that I almost flipped the car, but it kept bouncing back and forth until it stayed on the ground. It was dark, late at night, but I was able to see a white butterfly fly across the road. If you live in Utah, you know the Provo River is pretty dangerous to float. My friend and I floated the river one day, and there was a cement roadblock in the water. The water in the river was really low, so it was really nerve-wracking. I thought I could make it over the cement block without getting up and walking with a tube. Well, I couldn't make it over it and got stuck. There was a group behind us that was coming up fast and couldn't stop. One of the group tubes went over me and caused me to go underwater. When I had opened my eyes, I noticed the tube was right over me and I had no way to get out. Not being able to swim very well, I got nervous. 
I don't remember exactly how I moved around to get above the water, but I did it. Luckily, my friends jumped out, and as soon as I hit the surface, they grabbed me and placed me back on a tube. I was crying because I had been all cut up, and that was one of the scariest moments of my life. As soon as we all got back on the tubes and started floating back down the river, there was a white butterfly right past me, and I started crying even more because I knew my grandma was there making sure I was okay. She has shown me in many ways that she is always there with me. When we were looking for our second home, there was only one house that I saw a white butterfly at, and that ended up being the house that we got. A week after we moved in, my husband looked at me and said, Your grandma's proud of you and she's here watching you. He's really in tune with spirits mm. in our house. Right? Isn't that so cute? That's like <laughs> the sweetest thing. I know. He's really in tune with spirits in our house and has always felt a grandma's spirit, but didn't know who it was until we moved into this house. And she told him it was her following us from our apartment to our first home and finally our second home. There was also another time when I was cooking sausage links for dinner and one of the links kept rolling back and forth in the pan. Not a single other link was moving at all. I thought it was so interesting because there was no wind draft or anything relatively close to touching it. I went to go record it on my phone what it was doing and every time I put my camera on it, it stopped rolling. But once I took my camera away, it would start rolling again. I had said to my husband that it feels like my grandma is messing around with me, but in a good way because I had a bad day and just needed a smile on my face. I could go on and on for days regarding all the ways she has shown me that she's still here watching over me, but I won't keep you all day. I know this isn't scary or anything, but I just wanted to give that reminder that your loved ones are always watching you even if they're not alive. They always show you with those simple reminders. Every time my family and friends see a white butterfly, they also think of my grandma. She's definitely watching over me and all of my family and friends. Hope you read my story. I'd love to hear it on the podcast one day. Have a good day slash night. Oh, that's so cute. I love those stories. They're my fave. I know. Not all paranormal needs to be scary. I like them. They're cute. <laughs> right? <laughs> we here at Three Spooked Girls want to give a big thank you to our patrons who signed up. They include Lauren, Kimber, Madeline, Yuki, Brittany, Alicia, Larissa R., Maylee, David, Kristen, Jennifer, Kat, and Bethany. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You don't know how much it really means to us. So my last story comes from Kristen, and it's a true crime encounter, which I'm here for. I haven't read it because I wanted to be equally like freaked out with y'all. <laughs> hey, spooky friends. The story this time is a true crime encounter. I grew up on the highway of hell the I-40 between Houston and Galveston, Texas, right along the killing fields. That sounds beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an asshole. You guys know this. I'm sorry. Uh. (laughs) You know the one. Between the 70s and the 2000s, somewhere around 30 girls and young women were murdered and, and disappeared, and many of the deaths attributed to a number of serial killers. I was born in the early 90s, and I like to say that I'm a Texan. I was born in Texas City. It's not as glamorous as it sounds. It's a refinery town, so we call it blue-collar chic. Parents of the 90s seemed to have no fear, so when I was between four and six years old, I was allowed to run around the neighborhood with my equally small best friend, Sans Adults. I mean, I kind of was too, but that's because I lived out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm -hmm. You had to, like want to kidnap kids in our neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) also we all had dogs yeah well to be fair like into the 90s that was still the time where parents are like go the fuck outside goodbye see you later (laughs) yeah it's true 
I'm talking one of the rather large neighborhoods to another. Why we were allowed to do this, I can't say. My best friend lived in the front of the neighborhood, and many times we would find ourselves in front of her house on our base of operations. I like that. You gotta have a friend's house. That's like the place to go to. Well, one day we were playing minding our own business when a small red truck came to a screeching halt at her curb. We both must have gotten the same oh shit feeling because we simultaneously sprung up and dashed inside. Once we were safely behind the door, we watched the truck speed off. Oh my god. That's super sketchy. Mm. Around that time, a 13-year-old girl from our town was abducted and murdered. The man who did it was only caught in 2010. I have no idea if it's the same man, but I'm fairly certain that we narrowly avoided being taken ourselves. Sounds like it. The summer after this girl was murdered, my family moved to another small Houston suburb. That same summer, a 12-year-old from that town was abducted and murdered. Thankfully, her murderer, serial killer William Reese, is currently on trial for her case, as well as the murder of two other Texas women. Thankfully, this is the closest I've ever come to anything like this. But both of these cases made deep impacts in my life, and I followed them closely through the years. Though my heart breaks for the families, I am glad that my ties to the men like this was severed long ago. Yours spookfully, Kristen. I like that. Spookfully. (laughs) Me too. Oh, man. That's creepy. All right. So... I have my normal one more story, but I also have like a bonus story, if that's okay, because in one of my Reddit episodes, there was a creepy retail encounter situation story in it. And so I asked and Ashley sent us some. So I thought that would be fun to read at the end. Mm -mm. All right. So we have another story from Tilly and Tilly wrote, Hi, Jess and Tara. Thank you so much for sharing my previous story. I'm sorry that I left you hanging with an intense cliffhanger at the end, but I wanted to build up some suspense. I have so many stories that I'll just have to start from the beginning. So I guess I will call this part one of many more to come. I'm here for this. My grandmother was born in the 40s, and when she was a teenager, her hobbies included having seances, playing with Ouija boards, doing leaf tea, and tarot card readings. All kinds of witchy and spooky stuff with her friends. I like it. I like grandma. No, grandma's got fun hobbies. (laughs) Right? I'm not sure if those things have anything to do with what my mother and I experienced throughout our lives, but I think it's important information. My grandmother got pregnant with my mom during the 70s. She ended up going into early labor and ended up finding out that my mom no longer had a heartbeat and that she was going to be delivering a stillborn baby. After delivery, the doctors tried to revive her, but there were no signs of life and they ended up pronouncing my mother dead. They handed the four-pound baby to my grandmother and by some miracle, she ended up taking her first breath a few moments afterwards. No one understood how that amazing phenomenon happened that day. Holy shit, that's crazy. I'm like over here like, uh, your mom needs to play the lottery. And her grandma. Fuck. Right? (laughs) She spent several months in the hospital after birth, but grew up to become a healthy child. Fast forward to the late 90s when I was about seven. I had spent my whole life hearing whispers from my grandmother and mother about ghosts and spirits, but they always told me that I needed to wait until I was older to hear the stories. My mom and dad had just divorced and we ended up moving to the next town over to be closer to my grandmother. We moved into a low-income apartment that was situated on a large hill. There were six rows of these apartments and the first apartment we lived in was on the fifth row. The downstairs consisted of a laundry room, kitchen, living room, and the upstairs had three bedrooms and a bathroom. This is where my first paranormal experiences began. 
I remember never feeling alone in that apartment, like something was always watching me, and this feeling was most prominent downstairs, especially in the laundry room. I was always scared of going in there because it always felt like something was going to shut the door and lock me in. This was the first time I ever experienced feeling energy like this, and I didn't know how to explain it to anyone, so I just tried to ignore it. Upstairs, across from my mom's bedroom, there was a closet where we would put our towels and extra blankets. One day I was playing with a friend when we noticed a bunch of black hair was coming out of a vent that was below this closet. We started pulling out the hair and it just kept coming and coming like it was never ending. Mm -mm. That's like ring shit. No, no. We had a strange feeling and bad energy came over us. We got so scared that we stopped, ran away, and never talked about it again. To this day, I still think about it and all the possibilities of what could have been and I can't believe I didn't tell my mom or anyone about it so they could investigate it. Shortly after this incident, I was sleeping in my room with my door wide open. My bed directly faced my door, so my feet were pointed at the hallway to the stairs. When you came up the stairs, the bathroom was to my left and my room was facing the stairs. My mom's room was besides mine and the closet was to the right of the stairs, which was across from my mom's room and next to my brother's room. I suddenly woke up from my sleep around 3 a.m. and heard the door to the laundry room downstairs open. Knowing that my mom and brother were in their rooms sleeping, I got this terrifying feeling throughout my entire body. I could hear heavy footsteps climbing up the stairs. They got louder and louder the closer they got to my room. Once the footsteps reached the second set of stairs that I could see from my bedroom, I got more scared because I realized I couldn't see the person I was hearing coming up the stairs toward me. Frozen in fear, I couldn't yell for my mom. All I could do was lay there, hoping that this thing didn't come into my room. It climbed up the last step and reached the entrance to my room. It was silent now, and I couldn't hear anything for a few minutes, so I thought that it had left. Or maybe it was just my imagination. But all of a sudden, whatever it was, grabbed both of my feet and pulled me towards it and out of my bed. No. 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 Mm -mm. No. I have never been so terrified in my entire life, and somehow I got the courage to get up and run into my brother's room. I slept on his floor for weeks and ended up rearranging my room so that my bed wouldn't face those stairs anymore. I refused to ever go into that laundry room again and made sure the door was always shut. However, we would always find it opening on its own, especially at nighttime. I'm still traumatized to this day of something grabbing my feet in my sleep and you will never catch me with my feet uncovered or facing a door. I ended up telling my mom what had happened that night a few days later. After telling her, she told me she could also feel a strange energy coming from the laundry room, and she didn't like going in there. Then she simply took me to my grandmother's, and they sat me down and told me that I was now ready to hear the stories of the ghosts and spirits that followed my mother her entire life. Well, yeah, one fucking pulled her out of bed. What the fuck do you think? (laughs) Like, it's time. It's time. I like that it took that. They were like, hmm, okay. From as early as my mom could remember, spirits have followed her wherever she goes. My grandmother's house was tiny, and my mother and her older sister shared a room until paranormal activity started happening in their bedroom every night. My aunt would constantly complain about the people visiting my mom in the middle of the night because their talking would keep her up. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny to me. My mom would say that they were her friends and that they had messages to tell her. Things would escalate and objects would begin to move around. Books would fly off the shelves. Things would scratch up the walls and knock at the window which was on the second story and impossible for anybody to reach. And eventually, my grandmother had to move my mom into the living room so that my aunt could sleep at night. My grandmother's living room had a huge window that faces the road, and there's a streetlight in the middle of it. My mom would complain that she couldn't sleep in the living room because there was always a tall man dressed in black wearing a trench coat and hat that would stare at her from the streetlight all night long and that he scared her, unlike her other friends. 
My grandmother ended up sleeping out there with her one night just because she wanted to see the strange man for herself in case he was just a creepy man, and sure enough, she saw him. She was also scared of the energy coming off this man, as he was obviously not human. The way he looked at my mother was like nothing they could explain. He stared directly at her the whole night. It was as if he had come there intentionally for her like he wanted to consume her or something. My grandmother was also very religious, so the only thing she knew how to do was pray for this man to go away. But it never worked. And the hat man watched my mom every night for 18 years from that window and followed her everywhere she went for the rest of her life. I think I will end part one here, and I will write a part two for you guys soon. Stay spooky, friends. Toodles. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for using toodles. (laughs) Okay, follow up to the weird retail stories from the Reddit episode. So I have a few Victoria's Secret stories, not too creepy, just weird as fuck mostly. My very first day on the floor, I was in the beauty area. The store I worked at was separated but still connected. A young woman walked in and was very determined and insisted that we had a special lotion that made your vagina smell wonderful. Insert emoji with no mouth on it. <laughs> um, I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. I I might have been brand new, but I knew for a fact we had nothing like that. At, so at this point, I couldn't tell if she was serious or not. I walked her around the store and told her that the lotions were not for internal use. She was, again, very persistent that we had it. So over the headphone set that everyone had to hear, <laughs> that everyone had to hear or had to wear, I had to ask if we had a vagina cream face palm. I had to repeat myself multiple times because my managers thought it was a joke. <laughs> Another time while working there, I was helping out this very friendly woman when we first opened. She had a very bubbly personality and was grabbing a bunch of items to try on, so I started a fitting room for her. She had me stand at the fitting room door to help her pick out items that looked good on her. She was very comfortable showing me all of her assets, which was a first in the store for me. Once once she was finished, she went over to the panty bar and started picking out neon lace underwear. She kept holding them to her chest and looking in the mirror. Then she turned to me and asked, do you think if I... (laughs) Do you think if I cut the crotch out, I could wear this as a top? I had no idea, so I just went with it and said, sure, <laughs> it, could, <laughs> it could be possible with some alterations. Oh, my God. <laughs> she seemed very thrilled with my response and purchased all the neon color underwear we had. <laughs> Good for you. Upsell. One of the most worst parts about working at Victoria's Secret was the creepy as fuck men. Throughout my time, we had men trying to get into the fitting rooms with their partners, which isn't allowed. We had men come in and hit on all the workers on the floor. We would also have a few men come in and just stand in the panty bars, touching everything while watching other people shop. Once I had a man ask me to try on a lace maid outfit so he could envision his spouse in it. Here's my favorite what the fuck story, though, when I worked at a movie theater. It was early around noon on a weekday, so it wasn't very busy. I was either working the ticket booth or concession stand. Typically, once a movie starts about 20 minutes in, an usher would walk in and make sure the sound was good, lights were dimmed, and sometimes count how many people were watching the film and make sure all the tickets were collected, but to also make sure no one snuck in. The usher on this day came back to me and his face was so flushed from embarrassment. He proceeded to tell me that there was a very young teenage couple in the movies alone, and when he went to check on them, the guy was sitting in his chair watching the movie while the girl was on her knees with his head in his lap. Full on BJ with no shits given at the movies. The usher didn't tell them to stop, so of course I said, I'll do it. I walked into 
I walked into the theater and was about halfway up to the stairs. They were in one of the top rows before they realized somebody else was in there. She got up quickly and sat down next to him while he was trying to zip up his pants. I went down their row and sat right next to them and didn't say anything. I then looked at both of them and said something along the lines of, if we catch you doing that again, I have no problem kicking you out and calling your parents. Then I got up and smiled and said, enjoy the movie. We'll be checking in on you again. (laughs) You would honestly be surprised, ew, how many used condoms we would find in the movie theater for cleanup, especially when it was a sold out movie. Ew. Gross. All right, y'all. Well, that is going to go ahead and wrap us up for today for our listeners encounters episode. We hope you enjoyed. And if you have any spooky, creepy, true crimey stories you want to send over again, our email is three at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.